are listening to an audio sermon from Fort William Baptist Church. We are located in Thunder Bay, Ontario. To find out more about us, please visit www.fortwilliambaptistchurch.com. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go to the Lord together as God's people with one voice and one heart, knowing that our God loves to hear our requests. So let's pray. Oh Jesus, it is good to call upon your name. Even more, we say we love to call upon your name. It is our joy to speak your name. And as we consider your name, we know that your name is excellent in every way. The Apostle Paul has told us it has been exalted above every other name. No name carries weight like your name, Lord Jesus, for you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we know that all nations will bow down to your great name, and all nations will glorify God through your great name. All people, the strong and the weak, the powerful, the world leaders, the poor, they will all bow and prostrate themselves before you. Your name is excellent. Your name is great, Lord Jesus. And as your people, we know the sweetness of your name. We have tasted the sweetness of your name. It is a precious comfort to us to take your name up and speak it to our hearts, the Lord Jesus. We're reminded of what the angel told Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. There is grace and mercy in your name. Your name speaks to our needs and fills us with encouragement. Your name is rescue for us. It is salvation. And so, Jesus, we come to you and we say we love to say your name. You are Emmanuel. You are God with us. You are the beloved son. You are the one that God looks upon and delights in. You are the bread of life. You are the the one that we come to and feed upon again and again. You are the captain of our salvation. You have blazed a trail into heavenly places. You are the faithful witness always speaking the truth. You are a great high priest who bears us up daily. You are the holy one of God, the one before the, the demons tremble. You are the lamb of God who takes away our sins. You are the light of the world You are the prince of life. You are our redeemer and our rock. You are our true and tested friend. Lord Jesus, we love to say your name. It is incomparable. It is our joy. It is our life. And we're so thankful for the gospel because you have written your name upon us. We are your people. You are our king, and you lead us, and you guide us. And we're so thankful that you have called us to be ambassadors of your name to this world. You call us to declare the name and preach the name and and call people to submit themselves to your name. And in light of all of this, Father, we do come In light of all of this, Lord Jesus, we do come and we confess our sins to you. 
You've placed your name upon us. You've made us ambassadors, but we realize our sins in light of your great grace and mercy. We have been slow to speak of your great name. You've given us so many opportunities to declare the worth of your name, Jesus, but we have been so slow. And our words have been so garbled. We even look at the quality of our lives. We've misplaced, we've We've misplaced your name. We've not acted according to your word. And so we come again this morning and we ask, blot out our sins. Blot out our sins. And we come to you this morning asking for your great help. We need your help. You've called us to be ambassadors of your name. And so we pray, would you make us faithful to proclaim your name, Lord Jesus? Would you pour out your spirit upon us and give us great courage and boldness to speak the name of Jesus? To tell others of your mighty deeds, the great worth of your accomplishments. And Lord Jesus, we ask for your help that we would be faithful to bear your name wherever we go and whatever we do. That our deeds would proclaim your worth, that they would reflect well upon you. That others would look at our deeds and glorify God because of us. And we ask now that you would give us hearts to love your name. Lord Jesus, we draw near to you this morning to hear your words. We draw near to you this morning to worship you, to offer up our prayers, to offer up our praise. And we do not want to be like the hypocrites who speak your name but have no heart, have no desire for you. And so we pray, would you... Move our hearts to love you in this time. We need your help. And we are confident. We are confident this morning. Because you've given us your name. And so we pray these things in your name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, would you grab your Bibles this morning? We'll continue on in our series on the Ten Commandments. And so you can open up to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. We've just got one verse this morning to look at, verse 7. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. So let's give ourselves to God's good word. The third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Father, would you bless the reading and the preaching of your word now. So we're studying the Ten Commandments, we're making our way slowly through them, commandment after commandment, and when we take up the Ten Commandments, and when we handle them, studying them, we're tempted to fall into two errors as we work through these commandments. The first error we're tempted to make is to make a, a shallow reading of the commandments. And so we hear the commandments, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not murder, you shall not steal. And we say to ourselves, well, I think I'm good. I don't have a problem with blasphemy. 
I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. Let's move on to something else, perhaps something a little more weighty, applicable to my life. And on the surface, these assessments might be true. There might be a hint of truth in them. But just because your speech isn't littered with expletives and just because you haven't buried a murder weapon in your backyard or, or you don't have millions of dollars stashed in an offshore account doesn't mean that you're, you're done with these ten words that God has given us. And so the truth is that these ten commandments cannot be exhausted in five or ten minutes of reflection. They're not given to us to be like a, a checklist. Yep, got that. Yep, got that. Rather, God calls us to take these words and to to plumb their depths. To plumb their depths. We're reminded of Psalm 1 and the description of the godly man. What does the psalmist say? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates both day and night. What does a godly person do? Well, a godly person gives himself, gives herself to the law of God. And so as God's people, we're called to investigate, we're called to examine, we're called to explore and probe these precious words of God. And and by God's grace, that's what we're going to do this morning together. So the first temptation is we can make a a shallow reading of the text. And the second temptation is that we're tempted to read the commandments exclusively through our own cultural glasses. And so we hear the words of Scripture and we study the words of Scripture, but what do we do? We assign our own meanings to the words of Scripture and we forget that these words, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, were written to a people, were given to a people thousands of years ago. A people who didn't drive cars and who hadn't watched a a man land and walk upon the moon. And so the danger is high, especially when we come to the third commandment. So we hear the words of the commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And we filter this through. We remember getting our mouth washed out with soap and our mother scolding us. You better not cuss again. You better not swear again. And kudos to the moms who did this work. But if that's the context through which we interpret the commandment, mind your OMGs, and stop using those four-letter words, we're going to misunderstand the biblical text. And so we have to put to practice a very basic principle of Bible study. Context determines the meaning. Not our context, the context of our day, but the context of the Scriptures. Now the great danger of falling into either of these two errors is that we're going to miss out on what the Scriptures are saying to us. If we fall into the first error and make a shallow reading of the text, just glibly moving past it, what's going to happen to us? Well, we're going to short-circuit God's process of sanctification. He's given these words to transform us and change us, but if we move past them, God's not going to work in in our hearts. And if we succumb to the second error, we're going to find ourselves emphasizing, we're going to find ourselves prescribing that which, would, that which would, we shouldn't emphasize and that which we shouldn't prescribe. And we'll find ourselves at a dead end. And so our only solution this morning is to give ourselves to the text, to e- immerse ourselves in the text. And so before we do anything else this morning, we're going to give ourselves to this little verse. And so we have the third commandment in front of us. You have your Bibles open, you're looking at it. And as you look at it, there are four phrases that make up the content of this commandment. The name of the Lord, take in vain, and will not hold him guiltless. 
And what we're going to do is we're just going to slowly work through these phrases, looking phrase after phrase after phrase, trying to understand what the Lord is getting after in this commandment. So we can take a look. We can start with the first phrase, the name of the Lord. So if you're familiar with the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus is consumed with the name of the Lord. So we can go back this morning to the beginning of the book of Exodus, and there is this conversation between the Lord and Moses. Moses meets the Lord at the burning bush, and this is an introduction scene. Moses is being introduced to the Lord. And the Lord is speaking to Moses, and the Lord reveals his intentions of redemption for Israel. And so Moses hears these gracious words, and he wants to know the name of the Lord so he can go to God's people and say, this God is coming to save you. And so the Lord says this to Moses, I am who I am. And so we're introduced to this God. His name is Yahweh. And just like when you meet your neighbor for the first time and exchange names, the Lord comes to Moses and Israel and reveals himself so that they might know who he is. And this is important. The God who comes to rescue Israel isn't one of the gods of the nations. It isn't Ra or Baal or Molech or Asherah. It's Yahweh, the God of the fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But we have to understand that this name of God is not just a mere title for God. We cannot think of the name of God like a name badge that you just clip onto your shirt that you can take off whenever you want and and change it for a different name. The name of God is not external to God. It's not extrinsic to God. Today God is called Yahweh, but tomorrow he's going to be called by another name. The Lord makes it clear that he will be called by this name forever. Exodus chapter 3 verse 15, the Lord says, This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. And the Lord takes this name for himself and he keeps this name for himself forever, not because he likes the sound of the name or it seemed like a good idea in the moment, but because the Lord understands that this name is is fitting. We have to understand this. This is so important for us. The name Yahweh reveals who God is. God is his name, and to know the name of God is to know God himself. And so this truth becomes crystal clear when we move on to a second conversation between the Lord and Moses. They're on the same mountain, but different context. Exodus chapter 33 and Exodus chapter 34. So in this conversation, Moses now comes to the Lord and he has a request. Chapter 33, verse 18, Moses says this to the Lord, Show me your glory. We have to remember who Moses is speaking to in this context. He is speaking to the God who came down upon Sinai. The God who caused the mountain to shake. The God who filled the the sky with thunder and lightning. The God who caused the mountain to burn like a great furnace. And what Moses does here with this request, Show me your glory, is, is daring. It's daring. He comes to this God and he essence asks the Lord, Lord, I I want to see you. I want to know you for who you truly are. I'm not content with shadows or ambiguity. Show me your dazzling beauty. Show me the sum perfection of your attributes. I want to see you. So here's Moses, this mere mortal, this mere man, coming to God. 
saying, show me your glory. And what does the Lord say? Exodus chapter 33, verse 19, the Lord responds, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name. We need to make this connection because this is important. Moses wants us to see God and the Lord responds to him saying he will proclaim his name to him. Moses is going to see God. He's going to get God's glory through the proclamation of the name of God. We can just listen to see how this is accomplished in Exodus chapter 34 verse 5. Yahweh descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of Yahweh. And Yahweh passed before Moses and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the father on the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. And so we've done some serious slogging through the book of Exodus. We've eavesdropped on two conversations between the Lord and Moses. And we can ask, well, what's the payoff of this serious slogging? What are we learning from these conversations? Well, the payoff is this. In the third commandment, we're dealing with the honor. We're dealing with the reputation. We're dealing with the glory of God himself. And with this in view, there's a real weightiness to the third commandment. What we do with God's name really matters. In fact, we could say God's name is the most important matter of all. So there we have the first phrase, the name of God. We move on to the second phrase, take. Take. And this is where we run into a bit of trouble. We hear the commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God. And we hear in our minds, we think in our minds of speech acts exclusively. Things like swearing or cursing or oath-taking. And the commandment definitely applies to our speech, how we use our mouths, how we talk about God. And so, for instance, if you speak flippantly about God, saying, oh my God, for everything in your life from watching the Packers score a touchdown or finding a a spider in your basement, the third commandment calls you to repent and to speak differently about God. He He is glorious and he's not to be used in a flippant way. But we have to say there's something more to this commandment than that. And after studying the first two commandments, we know that there's more to these words. The third commandment is a comprehensive word, not just dealing with our speech, but with our whole existence as God's people. And so we can take the third commandment and we can state it differently, and this might help us out a bit. You shall not bear the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not lift up the name of the Lord your God in vain. You shall not carry the name of the Lord your God in vain. And so we can... Look at Exodus chapter 28, verse 29, and this verse helps us. What's interesting here is the same word that the ESV translates as take in the third commandment shows up again in Exodus chapter 28, verse 29. And listen to how the word is used here. So Aaron shall bear, same word for take, so Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel in the breastpiece of judgment on his heart when he goes into the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance 
before the Lord. So Exodus chapter 28, verse 29, we can ask, well, what's going on here? Well, these are instructions about what the high priest would wear. And what's interesting is that on the priest's clothing, his breastpiece, were engraved the, the 12 names of the tribes of Israel. And the idea here is that whenever the priest went into the tabernacle and went before the Lord, he would carry, he would bear, he would take up, he would represent Israel to God. God would look upon Aaron as he bore this this piece of clothing and the Lord would remember the 12 tribes of Israel. This is so helpful for us. What's going on in the third commandment? Well, Israel, just like Aaron, are priests. And as priests, they've been decked out in holy garments. And what name has been engraved upon Israel, God's people? Well, it's the name of Yahweh. They bear, they carry, they take up the name of the holy God. And we need to think this through. When Aaron went into the tabernacle of God, God would see the names and would think of the tribes of Israel. He'd be reminded of them. And this means something for Israel. Whenever an Israelite... Whenever an Israelite would go about his day, the name of God would be represented in what he was doing. Wherever an Israelite went, he would carry with him the name of the Lord his God. And whatever an Israelite did, whether he was at work or play or at worship, he would represent Yahweh. So we get this sense in the third commandment that these people were living, breathing, moving, acting representations of Yahweh. And when the world would look at Israel, how they acted, how they worshiped, how they lived, they would get a clear picture of who Yahweh was. So we've got phrase one, the name of the Lord. Phrase two, take. Phrase three, in vain. And so when something is precious to us, what do we do with that? Well, we take great care of it. We don't take the precious family heirloom handed down to us through many generations and and put it on the the bottom shelf of the bookshelf where your toddler can come and grab it and break it. What do we do with that precious family heirloom? We put it on the top shelf where we can see it and it's safe. Or think about your valuable possessions. You don't leave your valuable possessions lying around in your backyard so any schmo walking down the back alley can grab them and run off with them. Rather, what do we do? We put them under lock and key. And the truth is that the name of the Lord is exceedingly precious. More precious than any family heirloom, more precious than any possession we can buy and guard under lock and key. And this is the force of the commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. God doesn't want his name. So we're thinking about God's honor, his reputation, his glory. He doesn't want his name to be run through the mud. He doesn't want his name to be tarnished. He doesn't want it to be trivialized. He doesn't want it to become meaningless through the expression of his people. And so in light of this, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. We can ask, well, how does one bear the name of God in vain? What does it practically look like for an Israelite to run the name of God through the mud? Well, the answer is very simple to do anything contrary to the word of God. At the heart of every sin we commit is an affront to the name of God. It's running God's name through the mud. So we can just work at this really quickly. This applies to how we speak. When we flippantly curse others 
or things in the name of the Lord, when we brazenly take an oath and we don't keep that oath, when we call upon the name of the Lord in worship but our hearts are far from him, we make light of God. We run his name through the mud. This applies to our work. When we're dishonest in our dealings, when we extort others for gain, when we use people as tools, we make light of God. We run his name through the mud. This applies to our homes. When we're unfaithful to our spouses in word or deed or thought, when we don't wisely discipline our children as the Lord called us to, when we're selfish with our possessions, we make light of God. We run his name through the mud. We could go on and on this morning, but this, this commandment is comprehensive, meaning every sin we commit is an affront to the name of God. It's running his name through the mud. And so when we sin... We're doing something. When we sin, we're proclaiming to God, we're proclaiming to all creation that the God who engraved his name upon us, that his name doesn't really matter, that his name really isn't glorious, that his name really isn't wonderful. So we have the three phrases. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And this sets us up for the last phrase. The Lord says, the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And that's a serious sanction. That's a serious threat. And with the three phrases in front of us, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. We, we see why the Lord is so serious about this. He's dealing with his honor, his reputation, his glory, and how it will be perceived in the earth. We have to understand that this sanction, the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain, that this was not an empty threat for the Lord. The Lord, if you read on in your Old Testament, gives instructions for how Israel was to carry out this sanction among the people. So if a man or a woman or a child sinned against the Lord with a high hand, brazenly breaking the third word without remorse, They would experience the reality of Leviticus chapter 24, verses 15 and 16. Listen to this. Whoever curses God shall bear his sin. Whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him. The sojourner as well as the native, when he blasphemes the name, shall be put to death. The Lord is serious about his name. And as we listen to the book of Exodus, this seems harsh and excessive to us. But we have to remember what we're talking about here. We're talking about the name of God. And the truth that stands behind this commandment is that God takes his name very seriously. We could even say this morning that God loves his name, that he prizes his name above everything else. And because of that fact, God will not let his name be run through the mud. He will not let his name be made light of. The God who stands behind this commandment, the God who speaks this commandment, is the God of Isaiah 42, verse 8. I am Yahweh, that is my name, my glory I give to no other. And he is the God of Isaiah 48, verse 11. For my own sake, for my own sake I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. So there we have the third commandment. We've considered each phrase, looking at the name of the Lord, take vain, will not hold him guiltless, and we see what this commandment means. 
And by doing this, we've avoided, hopefully, the two errors. Hopefully, we're not making a shallow reading of the text. And hopefully, we're not importing our own cultural meanings into the text. We see what the text means. And we should be able, after this morning, to be able to explain what this text means to others. But just understanding the text isn't all that we're here for. Now that we understand the text for what it says, we have to do the work of application. What does this word speak to me? How does it change my life? As we can get practical this morning, think ahead to tomorrow morning. You wake up, your alarm goes off a bit earlier than you would like it to, you're groggy. You know you've got to get the kids off to school. You've got to get breakfast on the table. You've got to get to work. You've got all of these things on your mind. You've got lists of things to do. And here's the question. What does it look like for you to obey the third commandment tomorrow? What does it look like for you to make progress in the third commandment tomorrow? I want to give you three actions, three practical actions you should take every day to obey the third commandment. So the first action that you need to do is this. You must remember that you bear the name of God. So we are a forgetful people, and I'm convinced that much of the sin we experience in our lives, much of the trouble we experience in our lives is due to our forgetfulness. In believer, so I'm talking to those who have trusted in Christ, who rest in Jesus, you must know something. Just as the name of Yahweh was engraved upon Israel, the Lord our God has engraved his name upon you. You bear the name of God. We can just think this through for a moment. When you came to Jesus, you trusted Jesus, and then you responded obediently to Jesus' command. He tells all of his followers to, to be baptized. What happened to you when you followed Jesus into the waters of baptism? Well, you say, well, pastor, I got I got wet. My head got wet. Actually, my whole body got wet when I obeyed Jesus' words. But I tell you, something else happened when you went into those waters. And the truth is, you received a new name when you were baptized. What did the pastor say to you when you were baptized? He says, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And believer, the truth is, when you came out of those waters, you entered into a new family. You bore a new name. The name of the triune God was engraved upon you forever, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the truth is this. If you are careful and constant in remembering this name, you will find that it will keep you from sin and it will lead you to obedience. So I want to give you two practical examples of how this works, how to remember the name of God. So it's morning or evening. You you turn on the news, and what's on the news cycle? Well, it's the coronavirus. You hear about the, the case numbers, the death toll, the rising infection rate. You stick with the news for a while more, and what's on next? Well, it's the uncertainty of the election. People are telling you democracy is falling apart across the world, and, and what's going on in this news section? Well, you should think of the news like a sermon. The newsman has mounted his pulpit and he is preaching to you a sermon and he is exhorting you to do something. He's saying this, you must fear. Fear, 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 fear. You must fear. So there you are, you're watching the news, all of this is scrolling past you and your soul begins to quiver. All of a sudden you seem a little anxious. For some reason an election south of the border causes you to be anxious or 
the coronavirus makes you a bit anxious. But all of a sudden, you remember something, and you begin to preach to yourself the name. The name. I bear the name of the triune God. I was baptized into his name. I received his name. My father is the maker of the heavens and the earth. My brother shed his blood for me. The Holy Spirit has been poured into my heart. I will not give way to fear. Why? Because I bear the name of the holy God. Or consider this example. You're alone at night. Everybody's gone. You're by yourself. And temptation begins to press you. There's that little voice in the back of your head that comes to you and says, you're all by yourself. Why don't you watch that movie that pushes the limits a bit? It's a bit sultry. You wouldn't watch it if others were with you, but no one's with you, so why don't you watch it? Or there's that little voice in the back of your head that says, well, just turn on the computer and see where your hands take you. See what happens if you just give yourself to the computer. And so there you are at night by yourself. The heat's been turned up. Somebody came along and turned the thermostat up and you're, you're hot. But something happens. You faithfully proclaim the name of God to yourself and you begin to preach the name. I, I bear the name of the triune God. The name has been engraved upon me. My Father has delivered me from the kingdom of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of the beloved Son. My brother is the Lord Jesus Christ, the serpent-smashing king, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he has given me resurrection life. I am a new man. I am a new woman because of the Spirit of God. I won't give way to temptation. I bear the holy name of God. It has been engraved upon me. So brothers and sisters, you need to remember the name of God. When you were baptized, you received a new name the triune God. And so day by day, as you remember the name, you will put to death sin and you will grow in holiness. So action one, remember the name. Action number two, you must pray the name. Pray the name. Jesus taught us to pray. Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In light of the third commandment, this petition that Jesus gives us is striking. Jesus is calling us to enter into a a holy war. And consider this, all of humanity, every single person on this planet shares the same problem. Me, you, your unbelieving family member, your unbelieving neighbor, that tribesman on the other side of the world who has never heard the name of Jesus, all shares the same problem. And what's that problem? We don't value God as he ought to be valued. We don't think that God's name is ultimately precious and good. And this lies at the root of every single sin. And so Jesus comes to us and he teaches us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So in this prayer, we come to God just like Moses did, saying, Show me your glory. We come to the Lord saying, I just don't see the fullness of your glory. My heart right now isn't captured with your manifold perfections. And so we go to the Lord and we say, Oh Lord, I am not content with ambiguity. I'm not content with shadows. I'm not content with outlines. I need to see you for who you are. That's my greatest need in my life. Would you hollow your name in my life? And in this prayer, we 
we go and we intercede for our neighbors and our family members and our families and the nations and we pray, oh Lord, would you show them your glory? We pray, Lord, would you penetrate the darkness of their unbelieving minds and would you let the glory of Christ shine that they might see how valuable Jesus truly is? So what does it look like to obey the third commandment tomorrow? Well, it looks like to pray the simple prayer as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Or as Moses said it in Exodus chapter 33, show me your glory. Oh God, show others your glory. So action one, we need to remember the name. Action two, we need to pray the name. And action three, we need to call upon the name. So we live in a world of of trouble, and we all know this, and trouble comes at us from every direction. We live in a world full of suffering. So many of us suffer. We live in a world full of temptation. So many of us fall prey to temptation. We live in a world full of evil. And as Christians, we obey the third commandment by calling upon the name of our God in the midst of every trial and trouble we experience. We have to take this to heart. If you are in Christ this morning, our God delights, our God delights when you call upon his name. Listen to these scriptures. Psalm 124, verse 8. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Take these passages to heart. You must call upon the name of the Lord. And if you are in Christ Jesus, you must know this, that there is an abundant supply of help at your disposal. God has revealed his name to you for this reason, that you might call upon him in your need, and he promises to meet you in your need. There are abundant resources in the name of God. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. And so, believer, do you need comfort in the midst of your suffering today? Well, the third commandment calls you today. Call upon the name of the Lord. Do you need strength in the midst of your weakness The third commandment comes to you and says, call upon the name of the Lord. Do you need a way of escape in the midst of your temptation? The third commandment bids you this morning, call upon the name of the Lord. Do you need patience in the midst of your exasperation? The third commandment bids you, call upon the name of the Lord. Do you need encouragement in the midst of your depression? The third commandment bids you, call upon the name of the Lord. Believer, know this, whatever situation you are in, the Lord wants you to call upon his name. If you want to keep the third commandment tomorrow, remember the name of God. Preach to yourself, I've been baptized. I bear a new name. Then pray the name of the Lord. Pray with Moses saying, show me your glory. And then call upon the name of the Lord and find your needs met in him. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we need your help in this. We need your help. We are forgetful. 
even more than that, we're often proud. And so we ask for your help. Would you teach us to remember your name? Wherever we are and whatever we're doing, may we be a people who remember the name. And Father, would you teach us to be a people who faithfully pray the name? And even more, would you humble us that we might always call upon your name? We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 and following. 
the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Receive this benediction now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may the great name of our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you. Go in peace. Amen. You may be seated. Those who are in the back of the building can make their way out. And as you see others absent around you, you can make your way out as well. Congratulations. Congratulations.